A listener note. The safety information discussed in this podcast are our views based on our personal firsthand experiences. Each safety situation presents unique risks, and the solutions discussed in this podcast should not take the place of thorough risk assessments or evaluations based on your specific circumstances. Thank you. Welcome to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a Worker Safety Podcast, where we break down real problems from real situations and discuss realistic solutions. And here's your host, owner of Allen Safety LLC and CHMM, Joe Allen. Good day. Here we go. This is episode 10, and this is Joe. All right, today, contractor manager. I spent a lot of time on this pre, during, post, whatever you want to call it, the contract side. I audit them, I review them, I work with them, I work from the host side, I work from the contractor side. It just gets exciting. I spent a lot of days working on this during the year. We thought we'd give you some different ideas or different things to think about. So here we go. Contractor management. So you got some basic programs. Um, do we do it internal or do we do it external? That's the first question. Who's going to manage this? Well, I don't want to manage it because if I'm internal and I'm having to manage this, I got files and paperwork and documents and who's trained and who's not and all that. I really don't want to. What I really want to do is I want to push it all back onto an external system or a computer drive system or these companies that do services for these contracts where they can log in and, and put all their data into it. From a host employer, what I want is I want to have them manage as much as they can so I don't have the labor cost and the organization cost on my side, first control. So now I don't want to manage it. I'll manage them when they're on site. I'll do some pre-qualifications. I will check their status. I will do pre-meetings. I will do investigations where they're on site and document my findings. I will do all that. Absolutely. There's some kind of check system where I say, you're good, you're not, you're good, you're not, all that. You bet. But what I want first is, is I don't want to manage the files. I don't want to manage the system. I want them to manage it themselves. That's first control. Now, what I want to do now is I want to say, okay, what day you got project coming up? We got project coming on Saturday, Saturday the 21st. Great. When's the project meeting? Thursday, a couple days for. Okay, who's going? Um, we've got three contractors coming in. Great. What are they going to be doing? And all the lists that they're getting ready to give you should have been the list that we talked about three weeks earlier. That way, if anything's weird, my training's not right or the program's not right, or they say, we're going to do a torch and we're going to cut something. And you say, that's great. Do you have a hot work program? No, we don't. We're going to rely on yours. Well, okay, but you still have some training to know what you're doing and who's going to supply the firewatch. You got to have all those discussions a few weeks ahead of time. The Thursday meeting before the project weekend is to clean up anything that could be odds and ends out there that you didn't think about. Oh, we need an elevated work permit. Oh, we need a scissor lift. Oh, you know, who is filling out the hot work permit? It's these little things on those meetings. So anything about a project for me, find out the scope of work, find out what they're going to do, and then ask the really cool question like, so what's the real list? They're going to give you this fancy list. It's going to have all these things you're going to do, and it's going to look amazing. And they're going to say, okay. So tell me the list that you're really going to do. This is going to cause all the drama Saturday morning when it's 6.30 and I'm you know, half asleep, still waking up. And I'm like, well, this is what we're doing for the next 22 hours? Because I've had those where everything is beautiful and everything's great. I get there on Saturday, Sunday, 
and they'll say, okay, Joe, ready to go. And I look like, cool. I don't know how you're going to tie out the first spot. So we spend two hours having exciting discussions between the contractors telling me how they need to do it. And the host telling me how they're going to be down if they don't get it done. And I'm trying to figure out why we didn't figure this out for months. If we already knew that's the first thing we have to do, like tying off somewhere. So for example, contractors are good people, but they have a tendency sometimes that when the project actually starts to not really think they have to follow all the rules. And I'm there a lot of times to say, you still got to follow the rules. Elevator work, still elevator work. So that's that. Anyway, so the next one is some of the gaps I see is when everybody agrees to do the project, we can't find that there's training for the people who are going to be doing it because we didn't get the right list of who was actually coming to do the project because they decided a week ago who to bring. So now I can't have those people on site because they don't have training. So now I got to spend Friday night or Friday day trying to figure out how these people are going to get trained so they can do the project. This is not a host employer point. It's a contractor point. My view is you put it in your contractor packet. Hey, if you don't follow the rules like the laws, then maybe you pay us for all the downtime you caused us. I think that's a great idea. I mean, my view is they were the people who start at 630. They knew how to do it. Then let's do it. Now, from the contractor side, I look at it like we need to have a better pre-planned meeting for the host to tell the host, hey, we're going to start at 630. Is there anything weird we need to know before we start? Because we want to get this job done. So you want to use that to both sides if you're looking at it. All right, so now we're going to do the project. We're going out there. We're getting our documents. We're getting some kind of hazard analysis. We're getting our pre-check forms. We're getting everything we think we need to do. It's hot work permits. We're all excited. And while we're doing this, we say, okay, we're going to start the project at 630. Yes, at 7 o'clock, we're doing great. Yes, 8 o'clock, somebody comes around with a nice form, and it says good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Kind of like a contractor, not pre-form, but kind of seeing how you're doing during the day form. Some people call them like an audit. Some people call them a site visit, whatever you want to call it. But you take some kind of form and you say, yes, no, yes, no. You check to see they have a harness. They did a great job. They're doing elevator work. They do a great job. And then you say, hey, do you have a pre-check for the lift? No, because we don't do that. Okay, well, now we need to pause and figure out what's going on. At that moment, emotions are going to kick in from everybody about how long is this going to take to find this pre-check form because we're going to be down or the project is getting crazier by the minute. And I'm going to say, that's great, but if we don't have a pre-check form and we don't know if this lift's working properly and we don't have somebody signed down below to pull them out there as a problem, then maybe we just don't go for a few minutes. At that moment, I am not the cause of the craziness. I'm just doing an inspection to see where we're at. I do not believe, though, that you do the inspection to see where we're at. And if it's a life-threatening event, you just fill out the inspection form and move on. Some things are automatic stops. I call them imminent stops. Some things are automatic stops. You don't have this. You need to stop. We need a group. See what's going on. To me, it's not the pre-check form on something. It's the fact that what else could be weird that we skipped and what else do we not do right? So I'm going to slow down for a second. And usually the more excited people get with me at that moment, the slower I get. Because usually the history has been, if you get really excited and use a lot of language to me that may not be appropriate, I'm thinking you're trying to hide something. So now I want to find out there's something else going on. So I'm going to pause, take my time, regroup, and figure out what's going on. Yes, I'm filling out the form. Yes, I'm going to have some training. And yes, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but let's make sure I pause at that moment. Now, when I talk about who's got the training, 
Whoever manages the contractors come on site three weeks ahead of time and is checking the paperwork is usually not the same person that checks paperwork is make sure they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, people, is usually the project manager, engineers. The people checking the paperwork could be some kind of staff that does the computer programs. So make sure that whoever has the authority to shut it down is also double checking that the systems are all in place for people to come on site and on the on the inspection form. If someone goes over and does an inspection, make sure that person has the authority and the training to know what they're inspecting for. They can't say harnesses are good if they don't have any harness training. They can't say the cylinder is correct if they don't have any cylinder. They have to have training on the tasks that they're going to perform to make them an expert at the qualifications that they're going to hold people to. That's just basically it. All right. So now we go to the next one. So now we're doing our work at 6.30, 7 o'clock. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, I get this weird alert from the host. Deet. I'm like, what is that? Well, it says on my email that the current contractor on site insurance is not current. Well, how does that happen? Well, what happens is if you go to some of those online services, the insurance will kick people out and like do like an F grade. Well, that'll send an alert to host employers saying there's a problem. You manage that. You don't skip over it. Most people have insurance. It's not crazy. But at that moment, you need to slow it down a second, figure out what's going on, and make sure everything's right. That contractor should be able to give you some kind of data about, hey, we do have it. You know, it's just computer service doesn't have. Like myself, I can't send the insurance document to one of the hosts. So I have to have my insurance carrier send it to them, and I have no control what day they send or not. So I try to not have it done on a Friday because it's usually going to take four or five days after I when I actually want it. So I have to plan ahead a little bit. But they won't cut me a new one until my old one's expired, which means that my old one expires, I get a new insurance form. So now they're going to finally mail it. They're going to mail it to that company. And that company is now going to be in some kind of computer system. That's got a time. I could have a two to three week time delay from the day that my stuff expires to the day that I need it for that project. So don't get caught up in all that craziness. Just understand those are real-time issues and just have the insurance on file. So if events do occur of your contract, you produce it. If it's the host gets the notice, then the host should expect the contractor to have a file. All right, so another thing you'll look at is insurance overall. If you've got somebody doing this project, and it's 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock, and everything is going great, and they say, oh, I need to now do this part of the process. Maybe I need to cut into a wall or... Maybe I do a task that wasn't on the, on the original agreement of what they were going to do. Your insurance could change while you're standing there. They may have a million dollars to do the job they bid for, but they also do other stuff like we do hazmat and confined space, and we do some audits, and we do some training, and we do a podcast. We have different jobs that we do. But if I only bid you for one job and I'm on site and you say, hey, can you do this other job while you're here? And I say, Absolutely. It could affect the insurance that you need from me because the risk could change. For example, I had a a location out west that had a project to work at a location and it could cause catastrophic damage. So they had $50 million for the insurance. I didn't think they needed that. So someone called me and said, will you check on it? I checked on it. They need a million. Why they need a million? They're pouring concrete in the driveway down the road, nowhere close to where the craziness was going to be. But the way they coded their insurance said they were going to be on property and what they were doing could be catastrophic, said so to have 50 million. Well, you could have the same thing happen. You could have an electrician be doing a project and they're wiring a couple of outlets. And all of a sudden they say, hey, we need to go in and do some 480 work in MCC room. Their insurance could completely change at that moment. Training could completely change. Scope of work completely change. Liability can change. Clothing can change. All that could change at that moment in the middle of the project. So 
Don't let that fluster you. Pause, get together, talk about a plan, and move forward. But you still have to meet all the intent and all the rules to do that particular task. Nobody gets hurt just because we found out we have to do something else. We stop, we get control, we think it through, we move forward. All right, so that's how we go for that. Now, the last things here is about cost. Um, There's all different kinds of costs that this is going to cost $2, this is going to cost $4, this is going to cost $10. And a lot of people ask for bids. I get asked every week for every job I do, can I send a bid? Now, there's, there's ways this works. If I send a bid to a client, a potential client, and they get someone else that sends a bid, that doesn't mean it's even even. It could be that someone else has already knows the amount or they've cut a corner or it means they don't have the right kind of safety program. So all I'm saying is when you get the bids, one, two, three bids, and you read them, I spend a lot of time from our company sending a long list of things you get for this dollar amount. Make your contractors do that so that when you're comparing bid prices, you're comparing one to one. The other thing you want to do is look at how they manage their risk. If the person who's managing all of the programs for the contractor is some office in some state, multiple states away, and has never came on your property, then you should be saying to yourself, I wonder how many people are working here today actually have ever read the program that supposedly I'm reading that their company says they have. Because it's pretty wild when I'm on property and I'm like, this looks weird. Why don't you have a meter for fine space? Why don't you have a fireworks for hot work? Why don't you have any kind of harnesses with you if you're doing elevated work at all with you? And they say, well, we're following your rules. We have procedures. We have training for that. It's pretty interesting when you call the office and ask the person whose name was on all the documents, hey, can you uh, send me their training? It's like crickets. Like nothing happens. Just quiet, relax, no response, no emails, no nothing for a while. And then you give yourself about an hour. And you call back and you say, hey, have you found any training or found any program or found any of these people? And magically, in about an hour, you get an email that shows these people have a current program and training. At that moment, you need to say to yourself, do I think this is real? I'm not saying it is written. You got to ask yourself that. If you believe that it's off, there's no meter for confined space, and they couldn't find confined space training when they asked you, and it takes an hour to send you a document for confined space. Take a couple of minutes, read what's going on, and ask some questions. And if you don't feel comfortable, they know what's going on, don't let them keep doing it. Because the whole point of being a host is to make sure nobody gets hurt and they know what they're doing. The whole point of being a contractor is be the amazing expert that you are that's getting paid a dollar, performed an incredible task that the host was not sure how to do. That's what you're getting paid to do. So let's all take care of each other do the right stats, and make sure no one gets hurt. So that's where I'm kind of at today. Um, I think that contractors is a fun subject. If you've ever done projects on the weekends, it's the, it's great. Um, I love doing them, and it sounds kind of weird, but they don't always go perfect. I like when you have to think outside the box and figure out how you're going to do this or this or this. And if you do have a kit, like I work in a lot of ammonia plants, you end up having a chemical leak, you got to manage that. I've worked a lot of ammonia leaks while I was on site and something went wrong, but that's okay. Things happen. It doesn't mean that it was the person's fault. It could be a, a valve or a seal or something was happening. You re, uh, reload a system with ammonia. It gives you experience. It gives you time. You can think about it and you get to push yourself a little bit about how am I going to manage this? So I like the contract side. Thanks for tuning in with me today. I hope you learned a couple of tricks. 
And today we are going to sign off and say, I'll talk to you next time. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a worker safety podcast. If you like what you heard here, please take a moment to write us a quick review, like, subscribe, and share our podcast so that others can find us. For questions or to request topics that you'd like to hear on our next show, please visit us at www.allen-safety.com. Thank you. Safety first, stay safe.